0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Rainbow Mormon Podcast. My name is Danny Caldwell, and I'm your host. Uh, today is May 9th, 2019, and this is episode 8. I need to apologize. I have been super busy. I teach at a local university, and we've been in the middle of finals, and I just picked up some summer classes. Uh, so balancing that with my, my practice, I have just had zero time, and I keep... This has been eaten at me that there's stuff I need to talk about and I need to get doing this. So I apologize that it's been uh, so long. Today what I wanted to talk about was to continue with my story there with conversion therapy. And there's been a break in there, there's been things that have come up, there's still more that I need to talk about but I figured I, I need to get this one uh, done and out, out there. So this, this time I kind of wanted to talk about my transition. How I went from being someone who felt that change was possible, um, at least to some extent, uh, to becoming where I am today. And really it was a transition. At, at first, when I first started going to therapy for myself, I really truly thought that I could become straight. And I thought that I could do that through different... Techniques, um, fixing wounds, healing relationships, those kinds of things. Um, Over time, I started to realize that wasn't possible. I was doing all these things and things weren't changing. I was still having these attractions. But then I kind of shifted to okay, these can't go, these aren't going to go away, but I can kind of keep them under control. And that's kind of what I used therapy for later on for myself was to keep this under control. And, and I did feel like by keeping myself healthy, the it would decrease the desires for sexual interaction with other men. And I'm not completely opposed to that idea. I think that as I had good friendships with other men, um, it took away a lot of the emotional connection that's associated with same-sex attraction. Um, didn't get rid of the sexual, but it definitely decrease that that wasn't there as much because I was getting the emotional connection I needed but it didn't get rid of it completely Uh, and as a therapist I never approached it with other people as we're gonna change your sexual orientation but I I was open to the idea that you know if somebody didn't want to pursue gay relationships that they didn't have to and that there were ways that we could kinda keep things under wraps for them And you know what, I I still feel like if that's what somebody wants, if their religious beliefs are important enough to them to set those desires aside, um, I'm not about to step in and say that they shouldn't do that. I will tell them that these aren't going to go away and the path that you've chosen is really difficult, but these aren't going to go away. So that was where I was at for a long time. I was married and in a lot of ways kind of looked up to as, you know, a lot of young gay mormon young men would come to me young adults would come to me wanting to pursue what their faith told them was what they should want in life and you know i i I helped them and and i i do think that i helped a lot of people i think for a lot of people who eventually come out i think this was the case for me that we kind of go through two coming outs as mormons there's the first coming out where i say i'm gay but i'm not going to act on that i'm going to do what the church says and yeah i admit that i'm gay but i'm going to live the gospel i'm not ever going to be in a relationship with a man i'm going to keep all this under control then there's the second coming out where we say yeah that's not going to work and i do want a relationship with someone of my same sex but I, i think for a lot of people that first coming out is a step and i think a lot of people need that i feel like i needed that but I, I did that for a long time. I was in this place where this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna try to keep living the gospel because I believe in it. But things started to, um, to kind of unravel. Throughout my, my marriage, like I had difficulties with it. like there was a strong desire for that connection with other men and I, I didn't have that. And that made things really difficult. But the, the big kind of blow was in 2015, um, November 2015, when the church came out with the, what's been termed as the exclusion policy, uh, where it stated that um, children of um, gay couples cannot be baptized or receive you know, baby blessings and that uh, people who enter into same-sex marriages were considered apostate that just rubbed me wrong and i tried wrapping my head around it. i even remember kind of talking about yeah well the church says that you know it's it's to help the families and and saying that and trying to convince myself of that but it just never felt right it never sat right with me um this policy as i talked about in previous uh, episode i think it was episode six or seven um was recently overturned um but that, that just really bothered me. It just didn't feel right. And it caused me to start questioning a lot of things. You know, this thing that had come out wasn't sitting right with me. And to be honest, there had been a lot of things that hadn't sat right with me over the years. And I started to question those, those things and um, things within the church, um, things that just like, and this is me personally, and I'm not saying this to take away anyone else's experience, but this was my experience. Uh, things like the temple, um when I went to the temple, and um it made me very uncomfortable i I kept trying to convince myself that, hey, this is something that I'm supposed to enjoy. Everyone else talks about how wonderful it is, but I didn't enjoy it. It was really anxiety provoking, and as I got older, i just I never went to the temple very much. I would kind of go occasionally because I was supposed to, but I 'd go years in between. Just because I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't something that filled me up spiritually. It was something that caused an incredible amount of anxiety. And I didn't understand it. So I started questioning things like that. Um, Polygamy had always bothered me. Blacks in the priesthood had always bothered me. Um, Aspects of the word of wisdom had always bothered me. Um, Certain things in church history had always bothered me. So I started to, you know, if this one thing I don't feel is right maybe it's okay to look at some of these other things and so I started doing that and um, I slowly and this was me I kind of lost my my testimony as right now I don't know exactly what I believe Um, but once I lost kind of that that started to make me look at my life and a lot of what I had done in my life I had done because of this church I believe in I mean really I had followed the path I had done everything I was supposed to do I went on a mission, I came home, I got married I had kids, I s- served in my callings and suddenly I started feeling like this isn't true you know, why am I doing all this? and as I've talked about in other episodes I had I'd gotten to a place where I was I wasn't happy, I would go through these phases of deep depression and finally I had to look at you know the only reason I, in this marriage, and granted, I, I loved my my ex-wife, but it was always it kind more of a friendship kind of love for me, but the only reason I married her instead of just being a good friend of hers was because that's what I was supposed to do according to the church. So I just started to have a really difficult time with this life I was living that wasn't making me happy and I was doing it for an organization that I wasn't sure I believed in anymore so with that I started to question you know all this work I had been doing to try to follow the gospel all the therapy and I started realizing you know what I'm doing this because the church told me this isn't the way to live so therefore I said that there's something wrong with this and it needs to be fixed. And I finally come to this realization, something that I think I knew but I avoided admitting to myself that there's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing that needs to be fixed. Another thing I started noticing at the time is um, that kind of pushed things further along in me kind of, kind of falling away from my belief system was in my work, working with a lot of LGBT um, young men in the church, I'd hear stories of them going and talking to um, stake presidents, bishops, um, and there was one situation in particular where an individual um, was a—he was a BYU student and he had um, done some sexual things with a another man, and he was feeling a lot of shame and a lot of guilt about this and me still being active you know I talked to him you know what would help to help you relieve some of this shame he said well I think talking to my bishop would help but he was really afraid of that because he was afraid of getting kicked out of BYU and we worked on that for a while and eventually I got him to help him get to a place where he felt like he could go talk to his bishop and we both believed that his bishop would help him and because he was working with his bishop That everything would be okay. And that he didn't have to be afraid. Um, I was proven wrong. He went and talked to his bishop. And the bishop. Was kind to him. But reported him to. The honor code office. At BYU. This resulted in this individual being. Expelled from. Or suspended from BYU. This was right at the end of a semester. Which made him basically flunked all of his classes uh, at BYU that semester, kept him from graduating, caused him to lose his job, which was an internship, caused him to lose his housing, which was, because it was BYU approved housing, and um, really screwed up this kid's life. And I just felt sick, and I felt like this is so wrong. This isn't Christ-like. And, that was really hard for me. The other thing I started realizing is when I work with individuals, you know, I, I support them in what they want. As a therapist, it's my job to support a client in their own self-determination for their life. And if they want to remain in the LDS church, um, that's not my place to say they should or they shouldn't. Uh, I'm going to support them in what they feel like they need to do for themselves to be be happy and help them figure out um, the healthiest way for them to do that, and what I would notice is that, you know, I wouldn't ever tell anyone that we can change your sexual orientation, but the guys who would come to me and say, you know what, I don't want to live the gospel anymore, you know, I would work for them for a few with a for a few months, and you know, they would help them work through some family transition stuff, coming out to people, just the adjustments of leaving their, you know, support system and the church but within a few months you know they were good they were happy and they'd move on and I wouldn't work with them very long but the guys who were working I was working with within the church who wanted to stay you know those were long-term clients I would work with them for years a lot of times and it was just maintenance keeping them just above wanting to kill themselves and that just didn't seem right right that you know I'm just helping these guys not kill themselves uh... they're not happy and what I've always been taught is the gospel makes you happy and what I kept seeing is at least in these guys cases the gospel isn't making them happy they keep saying it it does they keep saying that it will make them happy but the truth is it doesn't and so all this stuff just made me really question you know what I'm doing with my life and how I felt about this whole process that I had been through and that I had been helping a lot of people through. And I realized the only reason that there's any problem with this is because the church is saying there's a problem with it. Um, There's another great podcast that I listen to called Secular Buddhism. And the podcaster, Noah Rashetta, he talks about Uh, He's made a comment the other day that I really liked. He said that, you know, I really question, I'm going to slaughter this, this isn't exactly how he said it, but he questions any organization who tells you there's a problem that only they can fix. And that really resonated with me with my experience with the church, that they told me I have a problem being gay. That only they can fix, only the gospel can fix. And, you know, it wasn't true. After leaving the church, I've been able to be a lot healthier and a lot happier. This transition out of this, while I've been super happy, it's been hard. I have moments where there's a deep loss and a deep pain from having left the church. As much as a lot of LDS people, like to say, you know, we don't judge people, we love everyone, and there have been some very awesome people, Um, but the majority of people, I live in Orem, Utah, Um, we're kind of looked at as kind of outside of the group, even within the neighborhood where we live, a lot of people who were my friends don't talk to me anymore, I've had to rebuild, um, you know, a support system, and try to figure out my own spirituality and one thing i've realized is like i said i don't know what i believe but what is familiar to me is christianity and christianity from a mormon context that's what i know and my partner and i we attend the episcopal church um, because we feel accepted there and i've enjoyed that but there is a piece of it feels foreign to me. I don't know the hymns. I don't understand what's going on all the time. And recently, my partner and I were at a funeral, and it was an LDS funeral in an LDS meeting house. And you know, we were singing songs and hearing the music. There were some musical numbers, and you know, I I felt really moved by that. And you know, some people could say that's the spirit. Um, I don't know if that is or that isn't but it felt good and i have felt that in many other places besides the lds church but it felt really good and talking to my partner afterwards we both brought it up and what it was is that this is home it's familiar i know the hymns i love the hymns i grew up with the hymns i i mean i know the harmonies to the hymns without even looking at the music um and it just feels comfortable and it's made me really sad and I, I cried about this, that that's a place where it is familiar and where I, I can connect to a spiritual side of myself because it's what I know and I think that's what it is. I think it's because that's the context that my spirituality has been built out of, but it made me really sick and really sad that I'm not wanted there and people can say all they want that, Oh, everyone's welcome there. I'm not, I'm a gay man in a gay relationship. I plan on marrying a man. I'm not wanted there. Um, and there may be awesome people. And I know there's awesome people who have no problem if I was there, but overall the church doesn't want me there and I don't want to be in a place where I'm not wanted. Um, it's, it's too difficult, which brings up another side tangent that I want to talk a little bit about. Um, you know, if you've listened to the podcast, you kind of know my story, um, but something I've been really dealing with lately that's been really hard for me is my children still attend LDS church with their, their mother. Um, that was something we agreed to in our divorce. That the children will attend LDS services with their mother um, on my weekend, unless I have other plans for them. And it also says that we'll um, make joint decisions on matters related to religion. So I've really been questioning um, how I want my kids involved in this. Now, um, there are a lot of things that I don't think are bad in the teachings of the LDS church. Do I believe them 100%? Do I believe the truth claims of the church? I don't think so. But do I think everything they teach is bad? I don't. I think that there's some some good there. But I, the thing I really worry about is what my children are being taught about me. Uh, there have been some things said, and I have talked with their parents, their mother about these things but i really am battling my oldest son who's um nine he was baptized right before i mean i was right in the middle of my leaving the church and leaving my marriage um and i baptized him that was kind of my last thing i did with my priesthood um before i, I left the church but my other two my two younger sons are not baptized and my middle son turns eight in september and he's really excited about being baptized cause he hears about it at church and they talk it up. And I recognize he doesn't really understand what that means. And I really battle whether I want to allow that to happen. I'd love your input and thoughts on, on this. What I battle with is, you know, I think about any other situation where my child was going somewhere and learning that the way that I am living is wrong I would absolutely not let them go but yet I I question that when it comes to the church and the reason being is the, the repercussions of that I do that and I am seen as one of the most horrible people that has ever lived by their mother by their extended family on her side um, possibly extended family on my side and that's really hard on top of that I'm seen that way by people in our community my kids friends my acquaintances just people in the community on top of that if you don't understand if you don't live in Utah County um, it's this is hard to understand and it's even different in a lot of areas in salt lake county and other areas in utah but utah county is 85 percent mormon i live in orem utah which is probably even higher than that Um, most of the people who live around us are lds all of my kids friends are lds they all their friends attend church it's a big social piece they don't get baptized they there's a risk of them kind of being ostracized and and they're gonna feel like outsiders and I don't know so much that that would happen right with baptism but when they turn 12 and they're not allowed to receive the priesthood and they can't participate in those activities that's where it gets noticed and I worry about them being outcast and I hear stories as a therapist I hear people talk about being teased and made fun of and not being allowed to hang out with kids and those kinds of things because they're not Mormon and so there's part of me that wants to allow it for no other reason than for my kids to be able to feel part of their community and that bothers me because that doesn't feel right but also i don't know what to do so that's a uh, a difficult thing i mean i try to um, keep ahead of things there's a lesson coming up on I believe it's, is it this Sunday? On May 18th, that is going to be taught in um, Sunday school. I don't know exactly how it works now because I left the church before um, they made all these changes, but from what I understand, the lesson that is being taught that day has a heavy, heavy emphasis on, um, well, it's about temple marriage, but there's a heavy emphasis on marriages between a man and a woman. Um, to the point that they talk with the kids about men and women and point to them in the pictures and say, this is a man, this is a woman, this is who's allowed to get married. Um, and I actually contacted the primary president, um, who's the person who's over the children's organization in in our my kid's church. And she's a good friend of mine. She's one of the people who has been just a, a sweetheart. And I just told her my concerns, and she assured me that the kids would, she would talk to their teachers and make sure that there was sensitivity in that area um, in my kids' classes. So, I mean, I feel okay about that, but how often are things said that I don't know about? I worry about that, and I worry about my kids. I worry about the conflict that they're going through, seeing their dad living one way and being told that that's wrong. And their conflict of wanting to be supportive of their dad, wanting to show me love, wanting to show um, my partner love and not being able to, and feeling that conflict around that. So I really worry about them. Um, So anyways, that was kind of a tangent from (laughs) the topic of this, but I think it relates in that um, a lot of these conflicts and... These things that just don't sit right with me were a lot of what kind of unraveled my testimony and my unraveling of my testimony is what me made me realize that all this crap about conversion therapy, but also just, you know, living celibate, it's, it's not healthy. And like I said, I think for some people, it's a transition step. So you know, if somebody wants to do that, I talk to them about the difficulty of that, but ultimately it's their choice, but, um, but that it's difficult, and I do think that there are changes that need to be made, and people can argue with me and say that that is uh, ridiculous, and that's okay, but what I want people to understand is that, you know, they can think it's ridiculous that I think these things should be changed, and I get that. Um, if you don't experience um, homosexual attraction, I get that this can be hard to understand. But uh, also understand that 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 is a miserable life for a lot of people. And men are that they might have joy. You know, I finally am having joy in my life, and I don't feel guilty about it. Um, I used to beat myself up and hate myself when I was fully believing LDS. I don't hate myself anymore. But there's conflict here. Um, Because even though I've left this, I still connect with it. Um, I wanna bring up real quick, there was on my last episode that I posted, um, there was a comment that was made um, by a man named James. James, if you're listening, um, I wanna address what you had to say. so what James said was, I'll just read his comment and then I'm going to respond to it. But he said, Why don't you leave the church if you want to live authentically? Living authentically to you obviously means having gay sex. Why is condemning that act a condemnation of you as a person? Jesus, yes, loved everyone. But the Old and New Testament clearly condemn same-sex sexual relations and sodomy even between members of different sexes. <laughs> Jesus asked the woman, where are your accusers but he then said go and sin no more you want the church to come into line with version of morality that you're saying it with your version of morality are you okay with polygamy and polyandry too in a church which accepted gay marriage would you then turn round and say no to the polygamists so that was james comment um james i i want to just share some stuff with you. So first off, why don't you leave the church if you want to live authentically? Okay. First off, I did leave the church. Um, I was kind of forced out of it and possibly what you meant there, because I hear this a lot, is why don't you just leave the church alone? And the reason I don't leave the church alone is one because there's two reasons. First is that the church is very much part of me. I may not even want it to, but that is from the time I was born that has been my culture. That is the world I was brought up in. My family members on both sides of the family are, they're active LDS people. My parents are active LDS. Um, we My family ancestors came across the plains with the pioneers. Okay, this is part of who I am. I was raised in Utah in a town that is majority Mormon. In a high school where 95% of the high school was enrolled in LDS seminary. Um, this is my my culture, and it will always be part of me. I I love I love Utah. I even look fondly on you know the temples things. I um, I like going to Temple Square and walking around and seeing the Christmas lights. I like funeral potatoes. I love jello salad. You know I like my um, Diet Coke Okay, I am culturally still Mormon and so I don't leave it alone because it's part of me and I, I want to feel connected to it even though I've been told I'm not wanted um, and once again uh, your comment kind of says that that I'm not wanted if I don't agree 100% I'm not wanted The second reason I don't leave the church alone is because the church doesn't leave me alone. Okay, I have children who are still active in the church. Their mother is still active in the church. My family members are all active in the church. I um, have things taped to my door from the ward. Um, Even though I'm not on the records, they stick notices about activities and things on my door. Most people that I interact with on a daily basis are LDS. Um, A lot of laws in the state I live in are um, influenced by the LDS church. My children's friends and their parents are uh, LDS. I'm looked down upon when I go out and do things on a Sunday by people around. I get disapproving looks if I hold my partner's hand in public in Utah County. This lot, the church won't leave me alone. I I walked quietly away from the church, and I was living in the same stake for nine months. Um, that I I went through my whole divorce while living in the same stake. I moved into an apartment in the same stake. Um, nobody said a word to me. Um, my, that's not true. My my bishop, who was a great guy, he checked on me a few times. Um, but outside of that, nobody came and saw me. My records got transferred to a new ward. No one came by and said hi, and I'm not saying they needed to. Um, but I saw that I had ministering brothers. No one ever came by. Uh, my ministering brother lived below me in an apartment, never said hi to me. And then one day the elders quorum president showed up on my doorstep, asking me how I'm doing. I said, I'm doing great. Um, next thing I knew, I got a call or a text from the stake executive secretary wanting me to set up an appointment with the stake president. I kindly said that I didn't feel like I needed to talk to the stake president. Stake president reached out to me in a text and said that while he didn't, that even though I didn't feel like I needed to speak with him, that he had several things he needed to speak with me about. And I kindly told him that while I am happy to be a member of this community with him and his neighbor. I do not um, want to interact with him in his capacity as a stake president. Two men then showed up on my doorstep, I looked through my peephole, I knew what they were there for. So it was two men together in white shirts and ties holding an envelope, and if you've ever been through a disciplinary council, you know that that is an invitation to, or more of a summons to a disciplinary council. Um, So when I saw that I knew where this was heading and I resigned from the church. Okay, I didn't say anything. The church wouldn't leave me alone. Um, And it continues to not leave me alone. So that's a big reason why I don't leave the church alone. So James, um, the next part of your comment you say living authentically to you obviously means having gay sex. And this is something that just needs to stop. This idea that Being gay, being homosexual is just about sex. Um, Is a heterosexual marriage and relationship just about sex? I think any person who has a healthy relationship would say no, it's not. Um, Am I sexually attracted to men? Yes. Um, Will I have sexual relationships um, with people I'm in a relationship with? Yes. Um, Is that all my relationship is based off of? Absolutely not. Um, It's about who I desire to spend my life with, who I feel comfortable with um, being close to and comforting when they're hurting and having comfort me when I'm hurting. Um, Who I want to go on vacation with, who I want to experience my life with. Um, No, living authentically isn't um, merely about having gay sex. I don't know why you say that obviously means that because it doesn't obviously mean that. Um, Perhaps that's the case with some people, which perhaps the case for some heterosexual people, relationships are based on nothing but sex. Perhaps that's your situation, James. That's not mine. Um, It's not just about sex. It's about spending my life with someone who I am both emotionally, um, physically, um, and even spiritually connected to. that's that's what it's about and ultimately we can sit there and argue scripture james i'm not going to Um, there's debate about all the stuff that you're you're citing there's very very little that's that's listed about homosexual behavior in the bible there's nothing in the book of mormon one of the things you're referencing in the old testament is right in the middle of a bunch of laws that um, other laws that aren't followed because As an LDS person, we believe that those laws, that was the Old Testament, that was the law of Moses, which was replaced by the new law, when Christ came. So that stuff that you're citing in the Old Testament is not, um, doesn't mean anything. Um, The stuff in Romans is, translation is questionable, and there's nothing in the Book of Mormon. Uh, So what i think is very clear though is that in christianity we are taught that to love one another love thy neighbor as thyself okay and that's what i'm going to try try to do yeah i'm going to try to be the best person i can be and in my opinion the greatest sins and i do believe this and i believe i have a testimony this that has been solidified by something greater than myself that truly what god wants and the most important things are are not who we're having sex with it's if we treat people with kindness we look out for our neighbors we look out for those who are mistreated and we try to make the world a better place through love through acceptance and if I think something that someone's doing is wrong, let God sort that out. If someone wants to be a polygamist and or be in a you know, polyamorous relationship and that is consensual between adults and um, people feel free to leave that relationship if they want to, then that's that person's choice. It's not my place to judge, my job is not to judge them. My job is to treat people with kindness. So that's what I was taught growing up as a Mormon, is that the what's important is showing love to people. Um, it's not all these little rules and making for sure I'm doing the checklist. 99% of that is culture. It's not even stuff the church teaches. Um, so that's what I live by is I want to decrease suffering in my sphere of of influence. It's kind of a little all over the place today, but I think that all kind of relates to some of why I transitioned away from kind of my belief in a conversion therapy idea to where I am today. I also do want to just kind of say in this, you know, there, there's a... Um, a T-shirt that I've seen that um, that I like that says, "You know, I'm sorry for what I said when I was Mormon," and I I do know that I probably said some things that hurt some people when I was active Mormon, and I'm sorry for those things. If anyone listening to this has ever been hurt by something I said when I was Mormon, I apologize for that. I was in the middle of my own. Turmoil and trying to figure myself out. And if you were affected by that, I apologize. And with that, I want to um, thank you all for listening. This has been Rainbow Mormon Podcast. As I said, my name is Danny Caldwell. Love to hear from you. Love your comments. Uh, I would love to hear what you have to say about uh, my situation with my kids. Um, you can contact me on our Facebook page at Rainbow Mormon. Podcast, Please like it on Facebook. I have 95 people who like it. I need 100 so I can see all of what's going on there. So try to help me get to 100 uh, likes on Facebook. Um, Also, you can email me at rainbowmormon uh, at gmail.com. Then uh, also, this podcast um, survives off of donations. So um, if you can spare something, please go to uh, rainbowmormon.com. Um, rainbowmormon.org and click on the donation button and you'll leave a donation so that uh, we can keep, keep these podcasts running. Um, also check out the other uh, podcasts on the Mormon Discussions uh, full lineup um, which you can find on all your podcast apps. It's great to hear from you hope you join us next time and, and always remember to just love yourself and be yourself.